You're listening to Zen Sandwich, a podcast for the independent mind and anyone who embraces life despite its absurdities. Join former attorney and professor turned Japanese papermaker Mark Reed each week as he talks with creative, inspiring, and influential people, or as he shares his own research to help make your world a little better today than it was yesterday. Hey, here we are. Well, Byron and Mariah Edgington are back by popular demand. <laughs> they were uh, they were here around this time last year to discuss their book, Journey Well, You're More Than Enough. And Mariah finished the, what's the rest of that title? Rediscover your passion, purpose, and love of yourself and life. Yep. And now they're back with their follow-up, which is Journey Well, You're More Than Enough. Mindset Matters. Exactly. Yes, it's a great follow-up piece because while it touches briefly on some of the themes from the first book, like imposter syndrome and and how we react to other people's attitudes, like when you smile at someone, uh, they often can't help but smile too. This book, while it's concise, it it dives deeper into the root causes of our hiccups, the assumptions we make, our attitudes regarding abundance or lack of it, uh, and you know, in other words, our well, our mindset. And more importantly, how to gain some mastery over our minds with topics like our consciousness. Uh, For example, how to direct it, how to manage what it is that you're consciously taking in, what sights, sounds, et cetera, that you focus on. And training our attention to focus on positive and wholesome things. So I'll let them talk more about it now. They join me from Iowa. Welcome, Mariah and Byron Edgington. Thank you, Mark. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah. Once again, good to be here. I was going to say, it's always fun to have you guys on. Virtually um, connected. Yes. <laughs> Someday I'm going to make it to Iowa, or maybe you guys will make it to Japan. I think yeah, so. Well, don't don't come in January or February. <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> um, but before we dive into the book, tell folks who might not know you uh, a little bit about your background. Byron, you were a helicopter pilot and an author of several other books. Mariah, you uh, authored the uh, mostly you both authored the the first book and you were a nurse. What else do people need to know about you? Well, Mark, it was funny because we both had elevation in our careers. I was a critical care emergency room and was into holistic medicine with my nursing career. And so I, a flight nurse, and I lifted people up from their illnesses. And so with that, then my husband coined a phrase. Yeah, well, because I was a pilot. So that was my job description was to lift people up. That's what I did. And so we came up with uh, our business now is called Mandate to Elevate because we enjoyed doing it and we were very good at it. So we just continued doing that. And we feel like we have a mandate to keep elevating people any way we can. Nice. That's your website, right? Mandate to Elevate.com? Yes. Yes. Mandate to Elevate.com. Yes. All right. I'll make sure that gets into the the show notes. Well, Mm -hmm. let's get into the book. <clears throat> um, talk about shortage versus abundance. I alluded to it in the uh, the intro there. Uh, when it comes to mindset, why is this the first step? Why do you begin the book this way? Yeah, that's a good question. Thanks for starting off that way because you know I, I kind of wrestled with that myself when we put the book together. But it makes sense because depending as I as we wrote in the book, uh, depending on how you feel about that statement, we live in an abundant world. That says a lot about your mindset right there, because 
a lot, a lot of people, too many people, we feel, live in a zero-sum world. They think that if someone else wins, they lose. Mm. And if they win, someone has to lose. We don't believe that. We believe there is more than enough for all of us. So that's that's why we started the book that way. Mm. I guess, in a way, it's kind of to save people time, because if they get to that point and don't agree with us, they can close the book and <laughs> read something else. <laughs> well, I, I, Go ahead. People do look at abundance immediately. They think, oh, well, I have such lack in my life. I don't have enough of this. I don't have enough of that. Mm. And so we find that that's what they focus on. Yeah. And we know that what you focus on expands because the more you put out intention towards lack, the more it comes back to you. And so when we were thinking of this abundance theory in shortage or abundance, we like to let people know that if they can focus, bring their focus on the things they do have in a lot of it. For example, we talk about how much air you have to breathe over there. Mm. <laughs> you probably have an abundance of air. Yeah, I do here. <laughs> so it's, it's just a mindset shift. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you also talk about in the book that we have more choices in life that than we may even realize or consider. Can you give us an example of, of what you mean? I don't I don't have any choice about the air, but where how do I have other choices? Yeah, I think too many times we assume that things happen to us. And sure, there are things that are just completely out of our control. We understand that. But Pretty much anything we do in the course of our day is a choice because we have a choice to be here right now, for example. Mm. We have a choice of what we eat and where we go. And the words, the most important thing that we think is we have a choice of what we absorb from the environment. And I'm thinking in terms of social media, the messaging we get, the words we use between ourselves, you know, we, ourselves and other people. And I don't want to get off in the weeds here about the subconscious and neuroscience and all that. But the simple version is our subconscious is like a two-year-old child. It's an innocent child. It believes anything we tell it and yeah. believes it's true. And so if you tell it nonsense all day and negative stuff and terrible things, that's it's going to be our reality. And that's very simplistic. But the other side is also true. If we tell it positive, uplifting, uh, affirmative messages, then that's going to be our reality. It's just that simple. Mm. Yeah, that's a good segue to the next question or, or situation that I, I came up with when reading your book. And <clears throat> I wanted you guys to give uh, a, a concrete example of how someone might utilize the lessons in this book, a practical, pragmatic, real world scenario here. And, and turn them into a, a practical mindset. Let, let me paint the picture. Just give me a second here. Mm -hmm. I'm going to describe somebody I know, and this is a real life person. Um, this person was born in unfortunate circumstances. Her father was, uh, well, I'll use a pseudonym here. We'll just call her Catherine. So uh, Catherine's father was an alcoholic, couldn't hold a job. And her mother was a drug user and couldn't hold a job. She was raised by her grandparents. Uh, she went to school shy. Uh, didn't participate in sports or activities, didn't socialize, didn't make good grades. Uh, when she turned 16, she quit, quit school, 
Um, now that's the dark side. Let me tell you the bright side of the story because her parents were so inadequate. We'll say, um, she was determined not to repeat their mistakes. She does not drink. She does not do drugs. Later in life, she studied and got her GD. She also went to a technical school, uh, to learn. I think it was welding. It was some blue collar trade that you can make a good living off of if you, if you do it. And, um, and she, she, she's very good at saving money uh, because if it weren't for her grandparents, she would have grown up in poverty. And she's very conscious of that. So, But there's this feeling of remorse that if uh, – not that she did anything wrong, but if circumstances had been different, she might have been someone else. She could have achieved more. This person is almost 30 now. And uh, like I said, this is a real-life person. And now the three of us know almost 30 is still very young, right? But even though she doesn't feel that way, um, this person feels like her life has passed her by or at least the life she could have had. What does this book do for someone like that? Where should she begin in order to make a transformation to understanding that she is more than enough and that she can do more? That is an excellent question because there are millions of Catherines out there and there are so many people who feel subpar. Many of it is very justified because as Byron said, we, we can't change the things that have happened to us or our past. And there's unspeakable things that happen to children all around the world. We're all aware of that. And because of that, we have a lot to, we have a lot of potential. We have a lot to overcome because in Brene Brown's recent book, The Atlas of the Heart, she talks about shame and guilt and the worthless emotions that we carry forward and they drag us down. So when we're looking at what we feel is an important thing on Mindset Matters is that you have the choice to start looking at your life from this day forward and letting go of that baggage in the past by not focusing on it. Mm -hmm. So as I said, what you focus on expands. And so we want to make it positive moving forward. How can we help others by helping ourselves first and loving ourselves? Mm -hmm. And that's why I came up with the I am mirror work affirmation exercise. Because it is so validating. Mark, I unfortunately had a lot of baggage that I brought forward with myself and continued, even though I knew these tools briefly, I didn't fully incorporate them into my life until very recently within the last few years. And once I did, it changed me mm-hmm. because... I know now that I am very lovable. (laughs) I am just an incredible person. And every single person I know is the same way if they can harness that. Yeah. And let me circle back to Catherine here for just a second, even though that's not her name. It may sound a little bit disingenuous, but one of the things, and I should, I guess we should put a disclaimer in here that we're not professional. Um, Right. But I mean, she's not just uh, as that's the reason I chose her as an example. You know, I I don't think she needs therapy. I think she needs your book. (laughs) So, yeah, yeah. well, I would encourage her to read it partly because and this, as I say, it's going to sound a little disingenuous, but 
if she is able to look back at the way she might have been given her own past history, mm-hmm. she can she can give herself some kudos because she isn't that person. Yep. She has made good choices. Yep. And so she can build on those choices. And I mean, the sky's the limit. That's all. And you just gave me a perfect opportunity because I hadn't considered this till just this moment. On March 1st, we launch a membership site and people were asking, okay, so what are you going to price this membership site? Because it's a membership and people have to buy into it. And I said, well, I I want it to be free Mm -hmm. because I want people to come and I want them to get these tools. And now I'm going to not only do that, I'm going to invite Catherine to come into it and (laughs) anybody else who's listening, we will have a link on our website and also have information about how to get to it. But now I'm going to also incorporate some of these things that we're talking about here, because that is an important thing when we think of how much we, we miss opportunities to realize once we learn these tools, we have a responsibility to teach them. And as you've said, Mark, you know that teaching something, it, it kind of changes when you're teaching the English language. You have a whole different way to look at things because you're mm-hmm. teaching it to somebody whose native language is not English. Mm-hmm. And it changes how you teach. So by teaching these concepts yeah. of the mindset, mm-hmm. you will learn them more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let, let's go back to the mirror work stuff you brought up. There, there's a chapter in the book called Words Have Weight, and there there's a an A through Z of affirmations. I'm aware, I'm brave, I'm confident, and so on. Um, so I, obviously I know you're a proponent of affirmations. And uh, tell us why that you've touched on a little bit, but tell us why that works. Why do we struggle when we first try to do it? And, and then why, when we stick with it, is it productive and useful? Well, We struggle initially because we don't feel worthy. And we can say, I love you to somebody and look in their eyes and and say, I love you. And it's kind of rote behavior, really. Hmm. Until you look deep in your own eyes, it, it basically, you're looking at your soul. You're really burying yourself to yourself. Mm -hmm. And once we do that, I don't know if you've taken that opportunity to do that mark yet or not, but it's, it causes a lot of people to be tearful, Mm. to have a lot of pain because they've said all their life that they're not worthy, that they're an idiot, they're stupid, they're dumb, whatever they've Mm. heard all over and they've incorporated that. So when they can start looking at themselves and and going, oh my gosh, I, I am lovable. Mm. Initially it's painful to think of all the wasted time in their life, Mm. but we can't look like that. I shouldn't say we can't, we could, but it's not productive. And so we have right now today and moving forward. Yes. And I guess the, the other side of that is that we do hear a lot of negative messages about, because we live in a very competitive culture at least in this country, we do. And so we're always having to measure up to somebody else. And I think it was Teddy Roosevelt said that comparison is the thief of joy. Mm. And I agree with that. The other side of that, of course, is it a little bit more, more debilitating if we keep telling ourselves, as I mentioned the subconscious a little bit ago. But think of it this way. What have you got to lose 
by telling yourself, I'm a decent person. I'm competent. I am dedicated. I am focused. I am an excellent human being. You have nothing to lose to do that. The only thing you can that can happen is you can feel better about yourself. And as Mariah said, it feels a little awkward at first to stand in front of a mirror and say, I love you, Byron. Hmm. You are a terrific human being. It feels kind of. Well, it's not know, something we do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, and it's not something we're trained to do. And, and in a lot of ways, society looks down on people who, who are what boastful and self-absorbed. Of course they do, you know, hmm. And again, it's a cultural thing, partly. Well, this is not about like, you know, uh, achieving conceit. You know, this is just about admiring yourself for for who you are, for what you're worth. You know, that's right. And just acknowledging your own value as a human being. Right. Sure. Well, uh, as you both know, you've been here before. Uh, I do. I try to do a segment every episode called Five Minute Zen. And uh, I want to do it a little different today um we all know anyone that listens to this show or anyone that follows you guys uh, know that gratitude is important you in fact conclude the book with a chapter on gratitude i preach that gospel all the time so instead of preaching why we should be grateful we all know let's assume we all know we should be give here's your five here's the five minutes in for the listener give us something unique to be grateful for today and it could be something you were recently grateful for and i'm going to give you an example of one that I did the other day. And so that'll give you some time to think what yours will be. Um, I posted a video not too long ago of a young girl. She, uh, for whatever reason, uh, I didn't know her backstory, but she didn't, she either lost her arm. She was just born with only one arm and she had received a, a robotic prosthetic. Um, she could, you know, suddenly the video was of the first time she ever got it. And the technology is amazing now because she could think and then grip things. But she she had just gotten it, so she was real. She had to learn how to use it better. But she, you could see, she was already starting to, to get it. Anyway, it was amazing, you know, to see that how happy she was to get this prosthetic arm and and suddenly have two arms instead of just one. I saw that video. I literally spent the day, the day that I saw that video, grateful for my thumbs. <laughs> yeah, just like having an opposable thumb. It's something I don't you know, that I don't normally think about, but I spent the day thinking about all the, each time I used my thumb on either hand, I was like, I'm thankful for that thumb. (laughs) So for this edition of five minutes in, give us something we don't normally think about uh, that we can be grateful for today. Mm -hmm. Well, for me, you just maybe prompted me to think about something that I recently bumped up against. And that was, I realized that I'm rarely thankful for the biggest organ of my body, which is skin, unless (laughs) I have a paper cut or have an open sore. I don't routinely say, thank you for my skin. But yet it's so imperative that it stays intact, Mm -hmm. that it keeps me warm and cool and all the different functions the skin does for us. I hadn't considered that until... I recently went, oh, I have a paper cut. And now look at, I'm focused on that, but the rest of my skin is healthy. So uh-huh. it made me stop and say, okay, I need to be more grateful for my skin. It, it may sound silly to the, to the listener, but the, the truth is when you spend the day being grateful for something like your thumbs or your skin, you, 
you're that's time you're not spending being uh in pity or in self-doubt or you know in some other you know you're spending that time in, in a positive direction so it's useful byron did you have one yeah my turn yeah well i guess i'm going to have to default to what we're doing right now i'm grateful first of all that we know we've we've we have this message and we think it's we think it's a message that we need to share. We don't have a right to do this at our age. I think we have an obligation to do this. And we are able to do it. How many are we 8,000 miles away, Mark? I don't know. Yeah, our, yeah, yeah, at least. And, and so we have at least the potential to share this message all over the world in a matter of seconds. And mm. so I'm grateful for this technical um you know, possibility, this technical, uh, what do I want to say? The, the, just the technology of it. Yeah, absolutely. If I, if I can add one thing, Mark, I one thing I want to share with your audience, and that is something that Byron and I are studying and have been for a little while. And that is, as you said, we mentioned words have weight. Mm-hmm. And we invite people to switch out the word spent for the word invested, because we spend time. Well, okay, let's try investing it. I'm going to invest some time into being present with Mark or your your audience, right. people who are here. Instead of spending or wasting money or wasting time, mm-hmm. think of how you're investing it. Even if it's buying groceries for family, if you yeah. think of it as an investment, it changes your mindset. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, because you ideally you're gaining something for every interaction you have. So it's, you're not spending, you, you are investing because you're changing yourself again, hopefully for the better. Yeah. I love it. That's right. That's right. So, so where uh, we mentioned the, the website at the beginning, let's just mention it again. Uh, it's called mandate to elevate.com. Yes. Okay. Yes. And they'll be, they'll be able to buy the book there or on Amazon. Correct be posted at the website and it'll be available on Amazon. Yeah. And uh, it's going to come out initially just as an ebook. Okay. But uh, very shortly after that, it will be a paperback. Yeah. Excellent. And if uh, people want to follow, follow you on social media, uh, you guys are, are pretty much exclusively on LinkedIn, right? Yeah. And we do have a presence on Facebook, but we spent a lot of time on LinkedIn. We do what? What? We spend our time on Facebook, but we invest our time on LinkedIn. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah, me too, mostly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, that is it, folks. Uh, go by Journey Well. You're more than enough. Mindset matters. Do that first. And when you're done, after you do that, um, go invest. Don't buy it. Don't just buy the book. Go invest in the That's book right. Mindset That's Matters. Right. <laughs> And when you're done with that uh, and you're feeling grateful and generous, invest in Zen Sandwich and help Zen Sandwich grow for as little as three bucks a month um, or just a one-time donation of, say, five bucks, whatever, um, or more, whatever you got. Uh, Info on how to do that is going to be in the show notes wherever you're listening to this. Mariah, Byron, you guys are awesome. Um, I'll tell you something I'm grateful for, and that's meeting you two. You've been an inspiration to me. And uh, believe it or not, we've known each other almost two years now. Uh, that yeah. time flies, right? Yeah. And uh, so thank you. Yeah, it's been a great <laughs> investment. And I always enjoy having you on. Thank you. Thank you for having Thanks, us, Mark. Mark.